It's Matthew chapter 1 today. If you need a Bible, there should be a Bible in the seat back pocket in front of you. Otherwise, you can follow along on the screen behind me. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for every word in your word and for how, whether it's a verse, a paragraph, or even a chapter that we read, there's something in your word for all of us. The word has power. So as we take the time to learn the word today, would you give us wisdom, especially during this season? In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. amen. Would you have your seat? Uh, We're only going to be in Matthew chapter 1 today, so if you've already turned there, you're in the right place. Um, If you need to turn there, let me give you a couple of announcements. Um, We have brought our mission trips down to two this year. So we've normally given about seven. This year we're only offering two, one uh, for the body. And so there's going to be one for high school, one for the body. And if you would like to be a part of that trip, it is to Oaxaca, Mexico in November. So there's a lot of time for you to prepare for it. If there's something, uh, opportunity you'd like to be a part of. And then El Salvador for our high school students. And so um, you have the opportunity to send your student away. This trip uh, to El Salvador is going to be in August, August 6th through 12th, and then Oaxaca November 1st through the 8th. And so want to make sure you get that on your calendar. If you want to get more information, you can find out um, in the lobby behind us. Then as well, I want to let you know Christmas Eve is just around the corner. Christmas Eve, and our theme this year is Twasn't. And obviously, we're taking a little spin on the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And I think you can see that uh, last Easter, we did Rolling Stones. And so we're trying to come up with some creative names just to be able to use for you to have an outreach. And so if you pick up some of those cards, make sure that you invite a friend to come. All right, Christmas Eve. Now, Matthew chapter one, let me ask you a question. What if we chose to do Christmas just a little bit different this year? Think about that for just a minute. Would it help if I asked another question? What if Christmas was different than the one that we celebrate? Think about that for just a minute. Talk about the Christmas tree. There was a year in my house when I did a palm tree and I was not gonna buy a dead thing, bring a dead thing into my house and then throw it away. Uh, We actually um, uh, burned our Christmas tree one year and we almost burned down our house. And it was probably about you know, 20 feet from our house, but we didn't realize Christmas trees burn so hot. Um, yeah, we almost got the fire people called on us and the fire people, the, not the fire people. The, <laughs> yes, anyway, it wasn't a great Christmas. Um, but so one year I decided I'm doing a palm tree and I bought a palm tree in a soil and it was living and alive and I was going to plant it and I put lights in it and I could not convince my kids that this was Christmas because I put a palm tree. Now the funny thing is, is I bought the tree because I didn't want it to die. We planted it a year later, it died anyway. So my kids still hold that against me, but Christmas isn't Christmas without a tree, my kids said. But I don't know if you know this, it wasn't until about the 16th century 
when Martin Luther's walking under the stars and he sees all these stars and he goes, wow, that would look good in your house on a tree. And so the Germans are the ones who started the Christmas tree in the 16th century. Here in the United States of America, we didn't even have a Christmas tree until the 19th century when those German immigrants came over here, brought a weird thing like putting a tree in your house with lights on. It's so strange and weird. We actually ridiculed them and harassed those German immigrants. Now, if you're German, I'm, I'm only bringing out our history, okay? And so they came on over and we just thought to ourselves, that's the most ridiculous things in the world. And now... You go through Macy's and I see some of the most ridiculous things on trees. I mean, we saw a Darth Vader tree in the airport yesterday. Because <laughs> it just seems like we're outdoing each other, right? And I wonder if that was the first Christmas morn. Or I wonder if the Christmas morn was a little more simple. I wonder if it was a little more scriptural. I wonder if it was just a little bit more spiritual. If you're taking notes, Number one, maybe it was just a little more simple instead of cultural. Cultural, this Christmas tree that we hold to that is just not Christmas unless there's a tree. Well, I wonder if there was a tree there in the manger. I don't think there was the song of Silent Night. I don't know if any Christmas carols were being sung or if there were any Christmas lights that were being put up in the manger that day. And I know so gratefully that there was never any eggnog. I mean, my wife can't do Christmas without eggnog. There was definitely no Yuletide carols. In fact, if there is a carol that we should sing, I'm convinced there should be a carol that says not Silent Night, but Mary's worst night ever in her life. Let me explain the story, right? Luke chapter two. I mean, you've got a teenage girl who gets on the back of a donkey, goes to a town she's never been. Now, it's weird to go to a town you've never been in the middle of the night, much less you've got contractions. You're a teenager, you're away from your family, and you're gonna birth like now, okay? And there's not a hospital, there's not a clinic, there's a stable, right? And I was speaking to the mops mom. Just imagine this, mops moms, okay? I'm gonna repeat for just a moment. Um, just imagine Mary, right? She gives birth to this child. She wraps the child in rags, and then she puts the child in a trough, takes a selfie. Look at me and little baby Jesus, right? There would be outrage on social media. I mean, I can't believe you put your child in a trough. Can you just imagine poor Mary Mary, with all of this on her worst night, the Bible says, as she's telling the story to Luke, and Luke looks at her and Luke goes, wow, Mary treasures these things. She treasures them in her heart. She treasured the child. For Mary, it wasn't the nightmare. For Mary, it was the child. And is it possible that we, have, uh, we could move a little bit away culturally and we've moved a little bit away culturally with having to have a tree instead of just the simplicity of the treasure of a child. Have we made it a little bit more than what it should be? Well, there's a story in Luke chapter 10. Big Christmas dinner, right? Martha is hanging lights. She's folding the napkins. She's putting all the particulars in. And as she's going from place to place, just doing this deal, there's Mary sitting in the living room talking to Jesus, right? I mean, and she's like steaming. You ever, you ever do the Christmas dinner, right? And then you're the only one doing the dishes. Everyone's having a good time over in the living room. And you're like scrubbing away. And everyone's like, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, that's Martha. She's building it up. And she sees Mary and she prays. 
She goes straight to Jesus. And I love when people come to me and they say, hey, I prayed about it. And because they prayed about it, it's right. Well, listen to how Jesus responds when Martha prayed about it, okay? Martha comes in and she goes, you better tell my sister to help me. She's praying. This is what Jesus does. Martha, Martha, you're concerned about a big Christmas dinner and I'm not concerned about it. I'm concerned about this moment I'm having with Mary and Mary chose the best decision. You see, I wonder this Christmas if we could just be a little more simple instead of cultural. Number two, I want you to write it down. Maybe a more scriptural instead of commercial. Uh, Let me explain. Is it possible that our carols have determined our canon? You know the song. What child is this who? Okay, here's another one. Mary, did you know that your babe? Are you kidding me? Do you think Mary was sitting in the manger going, what child is this? Do you think she was going, do I know? Do I know? I've been disgraced for nine months, do I know? Holy Ghost comes upon me, I get pregnant, and all of a sudden you're asking me, do I know? Yes, I know. I know what's happening. I know so well that when Jesus started his ministry, I went to him and said, could you do the whole water to wine thing? I need for you to like show these people that you really are the son of God. You need to do something because I've been disgraced for, for almost 30 years, Jesus. Oh, she knew. Listen to this song. Angels we have heard on high. Really? Show me in the Bible where angels sing. There is not one reference to scripture. Now, I know I'm rocking some of your Christmas carols, right? (laughs) But there is not one reference in scripture where angels sing. They shouted an anthem. They proclaimed the word of God. Listen to this one. We three kings of... Show me three kings. Now, me and my son have had a debate about this his entire life because his cartoon Bible has three kings bowing down to Jesus, okay? And because three kings are bowing down to Jesus, the only thing in the word is there's three gifts. Three gifts, and I wonder even if our manger scenes have determined our theology. So we've got shepherds, we've got wise men, we've got Mary, and Mary's like doing one of these deals, and Joseph's got a big old halo around him, and she's got a blue robe on. I mean, this was the scene, right? No, it wasn't. The wise men don't show up for almost a year, over a year later, and thank God they did, because Mary and Joseph probably would have spent all the money that they needed from those gifts to go be refugees in Egypt had they showed up any sooner. God's providence wasn't the manger scene that could be hanging in your house. No, God's providence where these gifts would be used when they would run with Jesus to save his life from Herod. Is it possible that our carols have determined our theology? Is it possible that our commercials have determined our context? Now, remember what I've said, scriptural instead of commercial. How many of you, don't raise your hand, please. How many of you looked up the top 10 tech gifts to give your kids? Or the best stuffing, uh, 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 help me? Stocking stuffers, you know it, you've looked it up. That was a trick, now I know. Stocking stuffers. How many of you have looked up those Santa Claus boxers that you want all the kids to wear on Christmas morning? It's like you gotta have the same PJs on, right? I mean, we all got to have, and we've let maybe commercialism determine us what is Christmas instead of scripture? I mean, some of our houses explode in red and green because without red and green, it is not Christmas. 
Well, these things, Chet, come on, man. They, they make our hearts feel great. They make our homes feel sweet. You can even go to Yankee Candle. And let me tell you, you can go down to Irvine now. They got a two for going on. Buy one, get another one for free, okay? And you can buy pine-smelling Yankee Candle. Uh-huh. And if you want the twofer, get the Christmas cookie because every house should smell like Christmas cookie. Now, I have offered Yankee Candle a real kind of smell for Christmas. They need to do a manure candle. <laughs> and everyone that has buys the Christmas cookie gets the free manure candle, and the two get to go up together. One of my elders just goes, he's doing it. Yes, I am. Okay, here we go. Because that would kind of make the real smell happen in our homes. And I wonder if we've allowed the commercial convince us what scripture doesn't do. Take a look at Matthew 1. Verse 19, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. As he considered these things, behold, and anytime there's a behold, it's like surprise, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She's going to bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now take a look at verse 22. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. It seems like God is more concerned about the scripture than he is the commercial. This Christmas morn happened to fulfill scripture. So I wonder, what if we make our homes like heartfelt and warm by this Christmas fulfilling scripture? Like Acts 20, 35, right? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I wonder if that, that verse could give us the warm, fuzzy, spiritual, heartfelt feeling, or do we have to really have the candle as well? Do, do we really need all of the explosion as well? Or this Christmas, could we maybe just tweak a little bit and choose to be scriptural? Uh, number three, maybe you want to write it down. Spiritual instead of material. Spiritual instead of material. Would you take a look at verse 24? When Joseph woke from sleep, he did, key two words, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was obedient to do what the Lord told him to do. Right, here's a question for you. What if this Christmas... We replace a material, just a material, with a spiritual. Let me give you an example. All your family and friends are going to come together this Christmas, right? I need to let you know an American statistic from a survey done, a poll done, a study, not a poll, a study done last year on 2,000 Americans. 2,000 Americans, 88% of the 2,000 Americans were stressed out by the time of the Christmas dinner. Anyone want to raise their hand? Christmas is a little stressful. Anybody? Anyone? Only got a few that confess. We got like a party every night. We got like Christmas dinner to prepare. Let me tell you what about this study as well. I want you to two-thirds of those surveyed, two-thirds of those surveyed expected a major family squabble. And of those surveyed post-Christmas of the 2000, they experienced an average of seven family arguments. Seven family arguments. So here's what's happening. 
Mary Martha. Mar- Mary's, in the ki- Mary's in the living room. She's laughing, having a great old time, and you're in the kitchen scrubbing the dishes, right? I can't believe it. Something's boiling up in you. And you walk out there and you go, I don't care that it's Christmas. You guys get in here and help me do the dishes. Right? That's family squabble number one. Then the three-year-old walks up to the tree and wants to pull the beautiful ornament that you've had of your 18-year-old child since they were one years old. And that grandchild grabs it and squunches it. But as he's squunching it, he's pulling the tree. And in slow motion, you see the entire tree coming down on your three-year-old. Now, squabble number two. And I can go on and on. We know the scenario. But what if we choose to be like Joseph this Christmas? What if we choose to be spiritual? And what if we choose to be obedient to what the Lord has told us to do? And let me give you an example. What if we chose this Christmas to go into our family meeting with the fruit of the Spirit? And as we're cooking, as we're cleaning, as we're wrapping gifts, as we're putting together that toy that has taken six hours of a half hour experience on the app, right? I mean, is this thing going to dry? Why don't we choose? We're gonna put in the fruit of the Spirit. So we choose to, let's go through them, the nine. We choose to love the Lord our God. Listen, so I choose to be loving, joyful, and peaceful. That's an expression of love to God. Next three, listen, I'm gonna love others. I'm gonna be long-suffering, kind, and good. Third, I'm gonna love myself because we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. Listen to the last three. I'm gonna be faithful, gentle, and have self-control. So again, maybe this Christmas, simple, scriptural and spiritual. I'm going to invite Zach up to the stage. Would you please welcome our assistant pastor, Zach Patterson. What's up? All right. Twasn't. Um, Well, we thought we would mix it up a little bit this morning, and we're talking about doing Christmas a little bit different, so we could do service a little bit different and talk a little bit, because um, I'm taking notes as you're teaching, and I'm I'm taking notes, so no Christmas cards, no Christmas lights, no Christmas trees, uh, the Christmas story isn't what I... You would pick that up. (laughs) (laughs) The Christmas story isn't what I thought it was, was it really a stable... um, we're talking this Christmas about a lot of things that may not be what we actually think they are. Um, the point of it, the focus of it, how we celebrate it. Um, and, and so I probably just have a couple questions that I wanted to ask you and, and help us think through, okay, how do we actually, um, it's great that we're calling this Twasn't, but how do we actually take that and make it different in our lives, in our homes, for our families, for our friends? And um, so just a, a few questions for you. Go for Good? it. Good? Great. So traditions. So you talk about traditions. How, how, do you, how do you take the traditions that have been so, for so long and now change them, right? Because that messes with everybody. Yeah, so you change I, a tradition and... Right. Yeah, the good question. Um, what we're talking about is tweaking Christmas, getting back to the simplicity of the celebration of the child, treasuring Jesus in our hearts. I fear oftentimes we're so cultural that we sprinkle Jesus into Christmas, but we hold our traditions. 
So we gotta have the tree, we gotta have life. So no matter how much it stresses us out, no matter what we, all those gifts and all that money and all of that this, we'll sprinkle, like we'll read the Christmas story and we'll like, we'll sprinkle a little Jesus in and we'll do like a little, hey, you know, here's a cross for Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. What I'm talking about is keep the home traditions, keep the culture, but redeem it. Don't sprinkle Jesus into it. Let Jesus be the center of it. Great. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go through a few things. I know that... you're happy about your Christmas gift that I got you, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm giving you your gift. Okay, I'm still gonna get it? <laughs> yes, you're still gonna get it. Okay, okay gifts, though. Um, you said it's better to give than receive, but, to, I mean, if we're all gonna go out and we're gonna give gifts, somebody has to receive them. So, like, how... You know, okay, we're all going to go and give gifts, do but... I, do I get a gift this year? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask Audrey. I wow. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Something. You know, it's funny. Um, it's hard. Spirituality is expressed in giving and receiving. It's very difficult for me to receive. I don't, I, I, I struggle with receiving because I'm a pastor and I want to be the giver. I want to be the one that's pouring out. I don't want people pouring into me. I feel guilty about it. Anyone have that struggle? Like people are like giving to you and you're like, oh, it's like your birthday. It's like, I wish I could go into a hole. I don't want anyone to see, you know? And so receiving is just as spiritual as giving to me. Choosing to be the giver and receiving in the spirit of humility are two very spiritual characters that I think we should teach and put into practice. We shouldn't just teach that our kids receive. Our kids should be learning how to give this Christmas because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so if they're just on the receiving end, we're not discipling them about the giving end as well. And so it's choosing to be spiritual in both. It's a good answer. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, okay, what about parties? So... We're all gonna go to a lot of parties, right? You, everyone's throwing a Christmas party and you get together and you have friends. So uh, you don't go to the party. I mean, normally when you go to a Christmas party, it's nothing there is about Jesus. Really, I, we're not gonna read the Christmas story. I love a great we're, party. Right, the, I mean, maybe some of, the, some of the music is Christian. But I was actually I mean, hurt. My friend Jerry McLean and Gina McLean, they had their Christmas party without me, and I'm putting them, throwing them under the bus. I mean, I look forward to their Christmas party every year. They were at the 8 o'clock. Yeah, I know. That's, so I can, I, that's why I can get away with this. Um, they came to the 8 o'clock. Um, and the, he does an Italian meatball. Listen, go to all the Christmas parties. Enjoy as many as you can handle, and go on a mission. I need to let you guys know something. It's not illegal to share the gospel in the United States of America. Even at a work Christmas party, you can actually celebrate the birthday of Jesus. You know, it's like, it's his birthday. We're borrowing it. We've made it something that it's not. The entire country celebrates his birthday. And Zach, you said something about birthdays last, go ahead and say what you said about people and their birthdays. Oh, yeah, we, I mean, when we celebrate someone's birthday, we make the entire event about them, right? So where we're gonna go and eat and how we do, if we're gonna do an activity or everything revolves around that person and what would be special for them. But somehow we make Christmas all about us. Yeah, imagine stealing someone's birthday. Like, imagine how Jesus feels like, no, this is my birthday. Like, there's, like I didn't have a tree. I mean, I mean, just imagine Jesus in the heavens. Like, I don't, I'm sure December 25th is actually not his date. I hope I didn't rock some of, you world, some of your worlds. But we even got the wrong year wrong. I mean, so we, we're still trying to figure some of this thing out. But my point is, 
you know, I can't imagine someone stealing my birthday and going, this is what we will do for your birthday and you better enjoy it, right? And it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. okay, maybe um, one more. And you talked a little bit about, um, about arguments, about, okay, you, you have this incredible celebration and yet in the midst of it, you have a point of conflict. There's, there's something that's going awry. And I think you made, you made a couple great points um, and he even said something in the, in the first service about walking in the fruit of the spirit. And, and okay, we have these words that describe Christmas, love, joy, peace, but somehow in the midst, midst of it, we lose sight of it. We miss it. And now we're just caught up in our flesh and we're yelling at people. And how do you recenter? How do you get back to that place where you go, okay, I know where I'm headed. I know where this is headed. Every year we go and we have this party or our family comes together and so-and-so always has an issue about this or this topic always comes up and it always leads to this. How do we do that different? Yeah, so I'm gonna go back to what we were saying earlier. Um, Let's say the Christmas party, right? Why not look at it differently this year? They're singing, O little town of Bethlehem, right? I mean, away in a manger, it's playing at the party. Why not use it as an opportunity to be missional, to sprinkle the gospel, to throw some seeds of the gospel into people's hearts' lives? I was on an airplane yesterday. We were coming home from Patmos graduation. I'm sitting next to this Jewish guy, and we engage. And we had an incredible conversation because we're humans. And as humans, it's not us and them. He's a Jewish guy and he's telling me he doesn't believe in religion. And I looked at him and I said to him, dude, you are so much closer than what you actually think. I actually think you may have a relationship with Jesus and you don't even know it yet. And he goes, I do not have a relationship with Jesus. And I go, bro, you are close because you and I agree on a lot of things. Well, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I go, well, I'm praying you get there. I mean, you soon will one day. You know, it's like, it's like we had this conversation and it's sitting on the airplane for the sake of being missional. And now, to further to your question, um, we celebrate Thanksgiving together every year, and um, Zach is an assistant pastor here, but even more than that, Zach's my brother, and um, our families get together, and we uh, just have the time to get away, and we were together, Zach was making his little Thanksgiving thing, I was making my thing, Andrew was making her thing, and we all agreed that we'd make a thing for Thanksgiving, right? So we're in the house together, and I just stopped for a moment, and I'm looking at Zach, I'm looking at Andrea, I'm looking at Audrey, I look out in the living room, and Timon's on the ground, and he's wrestling with the two boys, and the girls are like doing selfies of themselves all over the house, and, you know, and I'm just watching this moment, and everyone is enjoying the moment. Because we all went together to enjoy the moment. There wasn't like, hey, oh great, I gotta be with Zach again for Thanksgiving. It was like, we were all stoked and excited to be together and share the gift of time. And maybe this Christmas, we don't spend time, we share time. We don't go spend time together. I'd like there's a cost attached to it. Like, I got to cost the way I really feel about uncle so-and-so. I mean, like, oh, auntie's going to be there again? Oh, she's going to talk about religion and politics. Talk about them. I do. I go to Christmas, and I'm with people, and they're, like, going to bring up politics and religion. <laughs> I'll talk about Trump. You want to talk about Trump? Let's go. Hey, you want to talk about Jesus? I'm in. But I'm not going to argue with them. I'm going into it for the sake of building relationship, not to bring division. And so when we went together, it was for the sake of relationship. And maybe if we looked at it a little bit differently, 
we would be a little bit different. 